let's start this because she's going to start crying in a second. All right. This is Becky at Millhaven. Just saying, I'm Tom Becca. I'm McGraw-Millhaven, and oddly enough, Tom Becca's microphone wasn't working again today. Mine was yours. Mine was working fine. <laughs> well, geez, you could have fooled me because I couldn't hear a damn thing you were saying. <laughs> By the way, um, if you hear a cry in the background, that's my two-year-old daughter trying to go to sleep. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have somebody I haven't kidnapped somebody and they're stuck in the basement she hasn't uh, she hasn't um, uh, found the joys of napping yet huh <laughs> yeah. wait till she's 40 yeah I know I know it's like boy you know two things I remember having all this energy after Thanksgiving dinner which now I got nothing you know I just like just lay on the couch and number two I remember when I didn't want to have to take a nap you know, back in the olden like, days. Yeah, well, because no, you actually, yeah. you actually thought you were missing something. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now it's like you know, I'm glad I'm missing stuff. Well, but you know, the other thing too is though, you old men sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and fall asleep. So, <laughs> oh, well, we old men. You're an old man. I'm. I'm not. I'm saying. I'm, oh. I wasn't saying you in general. Oh. I was saying men specifically. Yeah. I love to. I love to turn on the TV and fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, get weird dreams when uh, the infomercial comes on at three in the morning. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> when I fall asleep, I'm like, what do I want to watch me sleep? <laughs> I think Giada Delornitis would be fantastic to watch me sleep. Yeah, okay. You know what? Uh, um, uh, our sister station here, here, here in Omaha, at like three in the morning, plays reruns of the Goldbergs. And I love that show. Do you ever watch yeah, Goldbergs? Never watched it. I, I I love that show. And so there are times like like if I if I get up in the morning like and I you know because I'm also old you know like at two thirty two forty five to go pee, I, I I find myself saying, well I'll just I'm gonna stay up and watch the Goldbergs, which <laughs> is like the dumbest thing in the world. Do you get up at two thirty and two forty to pee, or just one one of those times, or both those times? <laughs> is, that, is that general time frame? Okay. Right. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's one, one fifteen, one forty-five, two twenty. You know, it depends. So you have a big head and a big prostate, is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the size of my prostate is my own personal business, and none of your concern. God love you. Oh God. So uh, how's um how's Husker Nation? Have they? Have they walked off the ledge yet, or are they still? Hey, man, we, on? we beat North Dakota. You know, we're going for the national championship. You know. Yeah, North Dakota. God, man, I'm rooting for Scott Frost hard. Yeah, you know. I don't know, man. You know, it, 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 well, Oklahoma will seal his fate. You know, because they ought to pull off a win again this week. They better pull off a win this week, and then if he can beat Oklahoma, or at least not embarrass himself too much. Then you know you might have you might have a shot at staying. You know, I, it- I know I know I'm saying this on a podcast, and I know the absurdity of what I'm about to say. But have ha, do you after the game? I find myself searching YouTube for insane takes on Husker football. Have you seen the one guy with the long gray hair from? I think he's from Minnesota, the old timer. You seen that guy? No. Oh my goodness! This guy is ready to just have. He's every time the Huskers lose, his wife has to take the sword away from him so he doesn't commit Harry Carey. This guy. <laughs> and he the last couple of times he I I should send you he he's got long gray hair 
And he was doing it from the bathroom after the first loss of the season. He's like, I'm going to tell you why I'm doing it from the bathroom because I feel the urge to throw up at any second now. And I just want to be near the <laughs> toilet. Yeah. I don't, I don't go looking for him online, but I do. Uh, I always turn on the radio afterwards. So they always have like, you know, the big red overreaction and hearing all these people, you know, uh, you know, crawl in. I, I love, I love that. And actually in some cases, I even look forward to like a stupid play to be called or, uh, you know, a, a really a, a loss of a game we should have won. Because, man, those crawlers are great. It, it's, it's, it's when we win a game and the crawlers go, well, I think we're finally turning the corner. I think Scott Frost really got this team in place. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear the guys, like you said, the, 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 the nut jobs that are ready to commit Harry Carey, that are on the ledge, ready to jump because, uh, you know, Scott Frost, it wasn't it wasn't an onside kick. It was a squib kick this time, you know. So uh, I uh, I I like the guy who sit, calls up and says, "Look, I mean, there's just there's just no no leadership on that sideline." I mean, I I mean, I was watching and a couple times they showed him on the sideline. There was there was no leadership, right? <laughs> I'm like, how do you know that there's no leadership? Was are you at every practice? Are you in every meeting? You watched him for 35 seconds on the sideline because they 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 cut to him after a play. And you've determined that he doesn't have any leadership skills. I am. I am convinced that God, the higher power, however you foresee it, has got the biggest sense of humor, because he has made man to think that no matter what, when it comes to sports, they can do a better job than the players on the field or the coaches. There is still a part of me. There is still a part of me that when I go to a major league baseball game that I think I can still play center field for the Guardians. I would have said Indians last year. This year it's the Guardians. There's a part of me that when I'm watching a football game and I see a dumb play, I go, you know, why didn't he call that damn thing? I would have called, you know, because in my mind, in my mind, I'm not an old fat tub of goo. In my mind, I'm actually a, a young strapping athlete that knows how to win the games. Do you watch the uh, Manning cast at all with uh, Peyton Manning and uh, Eli Manning? I have. But I, I haven't. I don't watch them all. But, uh... but last year it was. It's it's fantastic. Last year they were talking, and somebody made the point about halftime adjustments, and both Eli and Peyton were like, "That is the dumbest criticism in the world." Halftime adjustments. I remember we were in the Super Bowl one time, and it was so busy and running around. We didn't really like have a halftime. Halftime adjustments. Half adjustments are made on the fly after each play. You don't wait for the halftime to have adjustments. They're like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Hey, hey, no, I'm sorry. I saw the new Rockney movie, right? And it, they made they made halftime adjustments. They made they won one for the Gipper. They made halftime adjustments. So bonkers. I know, I know. God. Hey, by the way, speaking about uh, like. Uh, uh, the Manning brothers, all that. What's with these athletes getting into game show productions? All right, you got you got man. Have you seen this thing that the that Peyton Manning is like the executive producer of on ABC on Sunday nights? Is that the College Bowl series or no, something? No, 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 no. That's something else. That's something else. That's on NBC. No, oh. this this is one where they have like a big stack of shit, and you and like you try to. It's like a gigantic game of Jenga, is what it is. Um, oh. and it's yeah, and then so he he. He's the executive producer of that, and then you had you had uh, Steph Curry does that putt putt game during the summer. He's the producer of that, and then you had LeBron James who had a game show a year or two ago that he was the executive producer. What, what's with all these athletes thinking that they're big TV executives now? Oh, who makes you think you're like a 
you're a podcaster. I mean, um, by the way, you don't badmouth the Mannings. I think the Mannings are fantastic. They can do anything they want. It's uh, look, they definitely have done a good job in um, marketing themselves. That's for sure. Well, I also think they've done a really good job at the halftime adjustments too, actually. <laughs> you know, uh, Peyton was in town uh, uh, for the college world series. Uh, his son was playing in one of the tournaments. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. And so he was, he was at a bunch of the college world series games. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, a big deal. Anyway. All right. Well, what's going on news wise? What do you got going on over there? Are you trying to keep up with what's going on with the Mar-a-Lago and all of the, uh, all of the, the damn legal maneuvers and who's in charge and what is this and how's that, you know, you got, you got, uh, <laughs> reports of, like nuclear secrets being held at a country club in Florida, you know, <laughs> and and they're trying to, the whole the whole thing is just so damn ridiculous, you know. <laughs> I saw somebody make made a comment and said, "Wait, wait a minute, Trump is saying that the FBI planted those documents there, but then he wants them back." How you know what's, <laughs> you know, the whole thing is making no. It's just so what, what should be cut and dry, you know, well, just. My head's spinning because Bill Barr is now not on Team Trump. The Ducey family on Fox isn't on his side. You see where Hillary was like, don't drag me into this. I didn't have any top secret documents on my laptop. Yeah. I got nothing to do with this. So you've got Bill Barr and Hillary Clinton on the same side of all this. I don't know. I can't, I can't figure out who's in, who's out. It's insane. I do know, though, that clearly the president is above the law. Because I've heard everybody say that if this was if this were anybody else, they'd already be in handcuffs. Yeah. But apparently, the president or the ex-president is above the law for, for for some reason. Well, look, it's like a mob shakedown, is what it is. You know, it's not that there's nothing that's the president's above the law. It's that the followers of the president of the ex-president, the followers of the ex-president are the ones they're worried about. You know, it's not that he's above the law. By the way, I have a I have a, a legal analyst. Um, who is really good. His name is Greg Willard. He's on the yeah. show all the time. And he was a lawyer in the, um, in the Ford white house. And he tells great stories about when Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon. And the theory, the philosophy was it doesn't do us any good to have an ex president um, in jail or, or, or prosecuted. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Oh, I, but, I totally agree. But, but if, and I would have no problem with it if Trump would just say, you know what, guys, I'm just going to go and I'm going to play golf and I won't tweet. I won't I'll shut down Truth Social. I won't make any speeches. Don't hold any rallies. I'll just go and quietly hang out and, uh, you know, look at, uh, you know, pictures of Melania uh, naked. You know, that, that, that's, that's, if he would just go and do that, then that would be fine. But he won't do that. You know, well, did you hear Steve Bannon today? Steve Bannon, who's going to turn himself in on, uh, on state charges there in New York. Steve Bannon is saying, they're coming after me. They're coming after you. You know, they're going to kill me first. I mean, he's making all this rhetoric to, to take it up a notch. And and I was watching today when uh, the Obamas were in the White House to unveil the pictures, which they didn't do during the Trump years, right? Like it would normally be. And it just seems so freaking normal about what America is supposed to be compared to what the other side is with their rhetoric and their threats. Lindsey Graham 
threatening violence if Trump is arrested? You know, well, I mean, my my God. Well, I don't understand Trump. <laughs> Trump didn't take them; they're his. Um, happy to give them back, but he didn't. Right? He took them and he refused to give them back. Yeah. So uh, the whole the whole thing is Looney Tunes, and I, you know who. I don't know if you're, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Are you supposed to, you have a man who doesn't play by the norms there. I mean, we, one of our greatest assets was a peaceful transition, right? He, he didn't play that game. And you have these courtesies of not indicting a president, not arresting somebody 60 days before an election. Those are norms, but you're, you're superimposing norms on somebody who doesn't play by the rules. And so I don't know what you're supposed to do with this guy. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and people think I'm crazy. I think the Democrats want him to run. I think he's, he's Trumpers and the Democrats want him to run because the Trumpers think he can't lose. And the Democrats have seen the writing on the wall that he's lost two national elections. He keeps losing Senate seats. The Senate would be in Republicans' hands if he didn't blow it after the election with those two special elections in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I, the whole and thing by the way, is nuts. By the way, it looks like the Senate is going to remain in Democrat hands, maybe even stronger than before. And there's Dr. a chance. Dr. Oz is Looney Tunes. Uh, huh? Because Dr. Oz is Looney yeah. Tunes. You know, and then you got you got um, uh, the uh, uh, Republicans on the uh, congressional side are a little bit concerned. You know, I mean, that's still a long ways away, but uh, I don't. I don't think there's any way the House doesn't switch to a Republican hands. Have you seen the numbers, though, of all the women that are registering to vote Democrat after the abortion ruling? Yeah, but they're all transgender. They used to be men. Now they're women. (laughs) Send your cards and letters to McGraw-Millhaven. I don't care. I want to cancel half of the podcast. If, if. If the Democrats retain control of the House, it will be the greatest blunder in political history. I mean, talk about talk about the greatest choke in, a, in American politics. They had four dollar gas, five dollar gas. You had runaway inflation. You had baby, you had mothers without baby formula on the shelves and the party in power retains power. That would be the greatest political blunder in the history of our nation. There's no way Republicans don't take back the House. Well, uh, you're probably right about the Republicans taking back the House. You're you're probably right. But uh, it's by a narrower margin than it was back in uh, March. You know, I get that it's closer and, you know, this abortion piece is, you know, riled up the base or whatever else. But it's just no, there's just no, there's just no way. And then they you just, see these Republican candidates that are like backpedaling now about what they've said about abortion in the past. I know. If you were a big pro-lifer, how would you take that? If these people are now in the general election backtracking on what, you know, you, you, if you're a one issue voter and they're backtracking on your one issue, you, you got to wonder if they're going to, you know, stay home or not vote or who knows? But I mean, if if you're a pro-lifer and you see your your guy backtracking, what do you what does that do for you? Well, that's you just you just said it right there. If you stay home, who motivates their base the most to get them out? We've got we've got two issues here in Nebraska that uh, just made the ballot. Uh, there were uh, petition initiatives made the ballot. 
One is for voter ID, and the other one is for minimum wage. Two non-issues that are used as red herrings to motivate each other's base. The Republicans with the voter ID and the Democrats with the uh, minimum wage. There are high school kids working part-time that are making much more than minimum wage. You know, there's, there's been, never been any proof of any substantial voter fraud. So both these issues are not issues, but because they got money behind them to get the petitioners out there to put them on the ballot, and then uh, they got, uh, uh, you know, the parties all behind them to, you know, go and rally the troops. But if people are paying attention to any of this stuff, neither one of those issues gives a damn. I mean, we don't need either one of those issues. What's the um, what's the minimum wage number? Um, I forget. Uh, it's somewhere in the seven dollar range, I think. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, on this on this statewide ballot initiative, is it fifteen bucks? Is it six sixteen bucks? Is it twenty bucks? I mean, what's the minimum wage number? It, it it's a graduated thing, eventually going up to up to fifteen bucks, but it doesn't go to fifteen right away. Oh well, who's who's if you're working for under fifteen bucks today, what what you're you're, you're only working, working in radio. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who, who? I mean, McDonald's is paying fifteen bucks an hour. I know, I know, I know. It's it, it's ludicrous. It's just, it's just, it's just crazy. The whole thing, the whole thing is just crazy. Why are we the only two sane people in the world? It is. Well, I don't know. Something's wrong. If I'm agreeing with you all the time, do you yeah. see where um, Major League Baseball is joining the AFL CIO? No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but it's. Kind of cool. I guess the NFL players are already belong to the AFL CIO. So when the beer truck drivers go on strike, does that mean the players aren't going to cross the picket line? Could very well mean that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's right. But I'm talking about the. But, but if you can't get beer, what's the point of going to a baseball game? Um, <laughs> they're also talking about the UPS drivers going on strike. UPS is also looking to hire 100,000 drivers for this Christmas season. I'd be a UP. You know, when I was a kid, when I graduated from college, I went to one of these career counselor guys, and um, he said he sat me down and he was like, "Look, he's like, I, I I can't help you out." He says, "But let me give you a nickel's worth of free advice." He says, "Do yourself a favor, go get a job at UPS." I was like, "UPS, the brown." The yeah. brown, uniform with the high brown socks. What are you crazy? He goes, trust me. He's like, their their CEOs, their vice presidents, they all start as drivers and they work their way up. Do yourself a favor. You have a college degree. Go become a driver at UPS and have a great career. I should have listened to him because <laughs> now I'm stuck talking to you once a week. I was just thinking you should have listened to them because then you wouldn't be talking to me. You wouldn't be wasting my time. Uh, actually, when, when I was in college, I had some uh, some guys that uh, worked for UPS part time, and uh, some college buddies, and they made really good money back then. And uh, yeah, it's it's a good gig. I think the drivers, I think drivers, make close to one hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, you know who else makes really good bank? The drivers for uh, for uh, trash pickup. Oh, garbage, really? Garbage men make really good bank. Yeah. I believe they're sanitation workers. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. You're not offending me. You're 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 offending the sanitation workers. No, I'm not. like they've never been called garbage men before. Well, garbage men went and picked up and the garbage. These guys, you know, they're drive. They're like engineers. They're if like I, pilots. 
if I offended if I offended anyone by saying garbage man, I apologize. All right. You'll notice that McGraw did not apologize for the transgender comment he made earlier. But if I offend anyone, I want you to know that I apologize. My uh, intention is not to hurt anybody's feelings. Why should I apologize for my transgender? Did I did I use a derogatory term? I'm just saying. No, yeah, you you just when I talked I about all the when I talked about all the women that registered Democrat. You just said they, they used to be men. They're transgender. That, that's not derogatory. That was it's derogatory, just a statement. Of... derogatory to all the women that are biological women, that uh, identify as women, that are you know registering as women, and you calling them transgender. Unless, of course, they were men and then they were transgender. I'm so confused. What bathroom <laughs> are they using? <laughs> I told you, the other day on the show, I said, you know, the LGBTQ LMNOP, and oh, boy, did I hear it. Oh boy, did I hear it! <laughs> I know. I, you know that. I, I, I. Well, what's the what's the dumbest thing you said that you got criticized for and management called you in for? Hmm. I didn't think about that. That. Uh Well, th there was a. <laughs> uh, for people that aren't familiar with Omaha. North Omaha is traditionally the area where the African American people live, right? And they're trying to they were trying to um, improve their image in the community and everything. So they had some billboards up that said uh, "Discover North Omaha." And North Omaha has had some problems with crime. So we did a parody on "Discover North Omaha," but then talked about the crime. Now it was not a racial thing. We were not. We didn't mention. We didn't mention anybody's skin color at all. You know, and there are a lot of white people that live in North Omaha as well, right? But we did that, and boy, uh, the city council actually held a vote to have me apologize. Mm. Yeah, that was that was that was the one that really that was the one that really got got me in hot water. Was, uh, well, was yeah, but that wasn't. I mean, that was. Did you have to apologize? Um, I didn't know because because actually people went to the city council during the hearing. And they testified, they said, we may not the way we met, and these people that live in North Omaha said, we might not like the way that he said it, but he's right. And they also uh, went, and, I, and actually, I wound up making a lot of friends in, in the North Omaha community for speaking out about that and not trying oh. to, 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 to trip it up. Oh, I know, I know, in, in college radio, in college radio, um, are you familiar with the comedian Martin Mull? Yeah. Yeah, he was on Roseanne. Yeah, but no, Martin Mull had a series of albums out in the 70s, comedy albums, where they were like songs. He'd, you know, he wasn't a Weird Al Yankovic parody thing, but he would like write songs, comedic songs. And he had one song that said, uh, the, the, it was called, uh, talk about all the different religions. And he says, but, but, but Jesus is easy. Just get down on your knees. He's going to listen to your every prayer. Jesus is easy. Let's get, just get down on your knees. He's everywhere. Jesus Christ is everywhere. That was the chorus. I remember the chorus, and I also remember the line in the song that got me in trouble. Because there's all the, all the you know, mention all the different religions and stuff like that, you know? And there was a line in there that said, Scientology really made a fool of me. And some Scientologists heard that and raised holy hell, if I may use that term. And I got called into the college radio station's general manager's office. Because I played this album, the song, Jesus is Easy from Martin Mull. So I got in trouble for that. Mm. What about you? 
Well, there was, <laughs> there was, remember during the Ferguson, well, let me back up a second. So, you know, the Howard Stern movie. Yeah. When he's, um, I think he's in Detroit and he's trying to do bits and he's got this guy, this character, and it's called Mama, uh, Mama, Mama, oh, yeah, Mama yeah, yeah, right, Luka yeah. Boo Boo, yeah. right? And he's like the traffic reporter and he goes to Mama Luka Boo Boo. And he says, hey, what's the traffic like? And Mama Luca Boo Boo says, kill, kill, kill the white man. Well, during the Ferguson riots, I was like, I've obtained secret audio of some of the rioters. <laughs> let, let me tell you what it is. And I played the clip, kill, 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 kill the white man. <laughs> you understand there's a time and place for everything. I do now. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. No, it's not going over well now. It's been years. Well, yeah, but so I, go, I really over. didn't say it. I didn't say it, which was my defense, which didn't go over all that well with with management. <laughs> I was like, he said it. I didn't say it. Yeah, that's that's when the producer just sort of you know he doesn't want to throw the talk show host under the bus. But the producer's like, I I don't. I got nothing. I got. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I can do sometimes. Just sit back and write it out. Well, what are you gonna do? There was another time when I said something innocuous that you know they just they just came down on me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, "Really? You've got?" Oh, I know what it was. I was um, I was at an event, and I was emceeing an event, and I was wearing a. Uh, a plaid jacket and the woman I was standing next to had a very flowery outfit on. And I made the joke. I said, um, I said, you know, Hey, uh, Sally, make sure we don't stand too close together. We might give someone a seizure in the audience because I was wearing a loud jacket and she was wearing like this flowery pattern. This woman comes up to me afterwards. She's like, uh, excuse me. I suffer from seizures and I thought that was offensive. I was like, to which I, I, I replied, well, then I sure I'm glad we didn't stand so close together. <laughs> yes. Why can't you just say, why can't you just say, I'm sorry, I meant no, I meant nothing wrong. I meant no harm. I meant no, you know, no, no ill will. You, but you can't say that again. Well, yeah. that, that's not in your DNA to say that, is it? That is not in your DNA to say, well, you know what? I guess I didn't think the whole thing through. Excuse me, I'm offended. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, it was a good thing we didn't stand stand so so close together then. It's a good I was, thing I was thinking. I was doing a morning show. It was it was at an oldie state at an oldie station. I'm doing a morning show and I forget what the joke was, okay? But when we before we said I said, we're gonna get in a lot of trouble. All right, for this joke. But we did it anyway. And I forget what the joke was, but basically it was we were implying that Buddy Epson, you know Buddy Epson, right? Yeah. Buddy Epson. From uh, Beverly Hillbillies, Beverly Hillbillies. What was the name of what was the name of that cop show that he was on? Uh, Barnaby Jones. Barnaby Jones. Yeah, he, he was, was from on. St. Louis, and he was supposed to be the Tin Man, the tin but man, he had huh? a, a bad reaction to the silver medicine, the silver yes. makeup. Yes. So anyway, uh, so anyway, so the whole thing was that Buddy Epson was gay. That was the, what the concept was. Okay, and we thought we're going to get all sorts of calls from the gay community. Not one gay person was upset. But boy, the fans of Buddy Epson did not think that was funny at all. 
we had I had no idea Buddy Epson had such a fan club. You know? Uh yeah. So so I'm I'm working at a radio station and they give me tickets to tonight's game and says, give them give them away. Right. Mm-hmm. So I see the tickets and I was like, man, these are really two good tickets. So I said, um, I said to myself, you know, if I if nobody gets the answer to my trivia question, I um I think I'll be able to take these tickets myself and use them for the game, right? So I come up with a question, a trivia question. And do you know the one person who died while playing base baseball? No. Is Ray Chapman um, threw the pitch. Let me get this straight. Um, uh, Ray Chapman threw the uh, – Ray Chapman, I think, threw the pitch. Ray Chapman was the guy who died. Okay. Right? Somebody threw the pitch and died. So he gets hit in the head, and this is actually one of the reasons why they have, like, helmets now. And so Ray Chapman, I think it was with the Cleveland Indians at the time, gets hit, hit in the head and dies. And so I asked the question, who pinch ran for Ray Chapman? <laughs> Thinking nobody, nobody in God's green earth would know the name of the man who pinch ran for Ray Chapman. First of all, I believe it's against FCC rules and requirements and laws that you can't do something like that. You can't go and take the prize for yourself by having an impossible contest. I believe that what you're talking about right now um, is was against the law. All right? I'm well, just, hold on a second. You know. hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I That was what I was thinking. You can't get arrested for thinking something. Oh, okay. Right? You can't. Right, yes. So I said, Carl Mays threw the pitch. Ray Chapman was the pitcher who died. Who pinch ran? You know, give me a call. Call on number one. If you can get this, I'll give you tickets to to tonight's game. Thinking nobody, nobody is going to get this. Mm-hmm. Phone rings right off the bat. Hi, Steve. You're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, the pinch runner was Harry August Lunty. Long pause on my end. How in the world do you know that Harry August Lunch Lundy pinch ran for Ray Chapman. He says, he was my uncle. <laughs> you never know who's listening, man. You never know who's listening. Yeah, Harry August Lundy's nephew was listening. <laughs> Grandson was listening. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, well, that's, I, we got, <laughs> this has got to be, and, and there's like eight gazillion podcasts out there, but this is going to be one of the weirder ones. I mean, you know, we, we we talked about we talked about nuclear secrets being hid in a uh, shoebox at a country club, and we talked about Buddy Epson being gay and having an allergic reaction to paint. All of the same, without missing a breath, and it just seemed to flow. Well, I'll tell you what: of the eight million podcasts out there, mm-hmm. this is one of them. Yes, it is. And we're glad that anybody listening is hung in there as long as this has. So we uh, I have a question that. for I have a question for anyone who's listening. What in the world is going on in your world that you have listening to this show? <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong with us for doing it? Uh, good point. All right, I gotta go check on my daughter. I can go talk check on your daughter. I, I, but then she was quiet, so maybe she actually fell asleep. <laughs> this podcast 
put her to sleep. And <laughs> she was listening. <laughs> Your daughter was listening to the podcast and said, oh, uh, this is much better. Just uh, be out of my misery. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll take I'm going to take this nap. So, bye, right, my yeah. friend. Huda Media Production.